three. Ging Gong back in Vancouver. On the way, I don't even make it 5.50 this morning. Terrible time to take an airplane. Take a flight to Vancouver, Seoul, and it's still raining in Beijing. Why not Winnipeg WTF, Steve? Why are you leaving anyway? Still get nerves while I'm traveling, in case you didn't, in case you were thinking I didn't. Didn't bring match back with me, but thinking of how to downsize. Did I get rid of anything? Newsletter in the works, catching up with my language vlog on YouTube, and of course, podcast works, podcast episodes in the works. And how will I take to being back in Beijing? Folks, it is Monday, July 31st. 2023. I'm Stephen Sierski and um, currently on route uh, between Winnipeg to Beijing where I'm uh, going to post up again as, an, as an expat once again. Uh, so wait a minute, if I visit Winnipeg, if I visit Canada, am I still an expat? Or Because this question did come up, where is home Steve? Where is home? And uh, the interesting answer to tell you the truth, but uh, uh, it, there's my, my solution was basically Home is wherever the most important stuff is, and that could be like people, things, uh, documents, passport, credit cards, etc. So, uh, yeah, it's um, a lot of people would like to say, oh yeah, home is wherever you you make it, home is where the heart is, and I go, yeah, well, your heart is a very important part, but uh, if you can't pay for your heart surgery, where is the where is home, right? Uh, home, well, I guess home is where your heart is, because if you, you stop beating, then um, damn, dude, you're done. All right, anyway, on the way. So I'm out of uh, Winnipeg already and back into Vancouver. I'll be here for the next six hours or so until the flight takes off at, um, oh, what time? Oh, goodness, after 12 or something. Should be in Seoul later tonight, uh, and then Beijing later on, two hours after that, three hours after that. So I arrive Tuesday evening, which is later than I wanted to get back, but uh, uh, it just wasn't sort of ability to be there anytime soon so anyway another luckily this time uh going through vancouver it doesn't look like i'll have to go through security again because i didn't leave the airport i didn't leave the arrivals area just yet i'm connecting through so my uh, my trouble with the last time of going through security three times i think it'll be cut down to only twice so it was winnipeg and it'll be again in seoul and of course through customs in beijing um, some people were asking, why not Winnipeg? And I'll tell you, I've been thinking about this, and I'm not recording this because I feel safer outside of Winnipeg. You know, and I'm so far away, the distance gives me safety. No, 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 no. It's because, I, first of all, I was saving it to the last, sort of give me some retrospective. As a matter of fact, I could probably even record this. I'll probably think of, revisit this idea again in um, uh, Beijing. But, so, one of the first couple, of, or one of the few, first few things that I sort of recognized about Winnipeg, uh, why not, and why why continuing to live in China? So the first thing that sort of comes to mind is the, the job and the money. No, actually, not so much the job, it's the money that's available uh, to me in China. It's just, uh, I've mentioned this before, I mentioned this a couple of newsletters ago, that uh, uh, the simple fact is, is that being able to make as much uh, over there is easier than in Canada. Uh, now, that being the case, there are there are jobs available to people who want to work in Canada. Um, one of my cousins is clearing very nice money, um, working on the rails basically, or working on the on the, the train carts, and uh, I, I mean like in the yard, like in the train yard sort of thing. So he's making decent coin. Uh, a lot of the IT guys are making coin. It seems like Winnipeg is like it's either manual labor or you're into IT. 
So if you're not into that, if you're one of these, like, um, can I say soft services, <laughs> federal employees, a lot of teachers in Canada as well, in Winnipeg as well. Uh, so you have a lot of public school teachers and uh, university professors and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a decent place to live um, on those salaries as well because it's cheap living. And, I mean, even though it gets brutally cold in the winter, you do have your summers off so you can take off and go wherever you need to go. And Winnipeg is surrounded by some uh, nice scenery, uh, particularly in the summer. It's just that you got to get through that brutal cold winter, which also offers its own sort of um, activities if you're willing to brave the cold. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's number one. You know, the the money, the, the I would I would have said the job opportunities before were a little bit more plentiful, but that would have been sort of targeted towards um, what would you call it, like ESL stuff. Now with the great double reduction and uh, all the other restrictions that are in place now in China um, facing the education uh, sector, it actually, I would say that there's not as many opportunities available. Uh, there are still, of course, some opportunities for people who are qualified or certified, uh, but you're not going to just rock on up to China and get find a job as an English teacher anymore. It's going to be a little bit difficult. Um, you, you would have to apply from overseas most, most likely. And that being the case, I mean, uh, you're going to have to take some, you're going to have to trust uh, sort of what people are saying about the place or your employer's saying about the place and the visas and stuff like that. So it's going to be, I guess, a little bit more, um, what would you say, a little bit more of a, guess, a little bit more guesswork in terms of what's available to you because you're not going to have the same amount, the same pool of people to, to uh, talk to about it. And then also you're not going to have the same number of opportunities or availabilities uh, in the job market. And that actually, to tell you the truth, it, I would actually say that the quality has probably gone up because the a lot of the schools that remain, the private institutes or the public schools or the universities, uh, they've had been they have been vetted and they are sort of certified by the government. Uh, they got the government stamp of approval. And I would say for the next two or three years, if you do apply to something like that, you are going. The chances of you getting a bad placement are are, are rare. So it's going to be it'd be a very it'd be a very special circumstance sort of thing. Uh, nowadays, since it might, it might take time for that uh, uh, for companies to begin evading the double reduction policy for whatever reason. I'm not saying that they will, uh, but I am saying that currently, with the current restrictions in place, now with the fresh. The quality of placement that you could find would be far more available. Now, that being said, um, uh, there seem to be quite a few more people in Beijing in particular, uh, and I'm sure this is true for uh, other cities as well, uh, that they are setting up their own businesses. And apparently this is possible in China, even as a foreigner. Uh, it's a bit of a, you know, a lot of weight paperwork, and you probably need to know some decent Chinese or have someone do it for you. There are services available that can help you with this. Um, a lot of them do offer Hong Kong bank accounts as well, if you want that, uh, so you can do that. But a lot of people who are sort of doing, like there's the comedy, uh, that's acting, uh, voice work, um, a lot of media entertainment personnel, I guess you would call them. Uh, and I, So these, maybe they started as English teachers, but now they are sort of media creators sort of thing. Uh, or actors and stuff like that. And there seems to be a lot of work for that in China. And I wonder if one of the reasons why is because of things like that strike that's going on in the States right now with the uh, is it the Actors Guild, the Screenwriters Guild. And so are they farming out any of that work 
to a place like China, and then China is hiring the foreigners who are in China to do bit parts and stuff like that, all the commercials and stuff like that. I don't know, but an interesting take on it, right? It is available for you there if you want, and uh, so if, that, if, if you're interested in that route of going to China, uh, you're not going to be looking at a Type Z visa, um, you're going to be looking at a different type of visa, you have to look up how to uh, acquire a business visa, which is a different process altogether. It is possible, you can even set up your own business, all these things are possible, it's just a matter of you doing the footwork, the grunt work of finding out how to actually go about uh, getting it done. All that being said, have I done that? No, I'm still a glorified English teacher in some way. Not so, not so glorified, to tell you the truth, but ESL teacher plus, I guess you could call it. Uh, but uh, that, that's what it is. So uh, so that, that's number one. I mean, pay, and then number two is opportunities. Number three, uh, well, I've been in China for so long, and I've talked about this before in terms of uh, Mandarin Chinese studies. I am committed to becoming a little bit more proficient in the language, which... I sort of think about two years, another, yeah, two years would be a good number of, a good amount of time to have spent on Mandarin. If you don't get it in the next two years, maybe stop, <laughs> right? Something along those lines. Um, I could see that within the next year or so, like the, any financial damage that COVID had done will sort of be repaired. So that's, that's, a, that's a positive uh, note, but that also means I'm going to be working quite a bit from now until whenever, like the, the end of next year, basically. Um, on top of that, studying Chinese, I'm going to make sure that I'm having two or three classes, maybe four classes a week, uh, and not just conversational, but i got to start working on the HSK 5 stuff again. Uh, I wouldn't mind finish, finishing those textbooks, but to tell you the truth, if it came down to it, could I just do the test anyway and not worry about doing all the textbook stuff? I mean, the, how important is the textbook stuff to do? Um, if, you know, I'm learning the language. Anyway, the, the textbook would be important because if I want to practice the grammar, especially, uh, particularly in regard to how to write in Chinese. So, so it's going to be character recognition, it's going to be character writing, and it's going to be grammar because those are three things that are going to uh, be uh, very important on a written Chinese test. If you don't have those, then you're not going to pass. So those three things I would say are the, the top most uh, issues in terms of like why China right now, but I mean, of course, number three, the, the whole studying Mandarin Chinese sort of started within the country, and now I'm just kind of trying to finish that out to see the, see the end of that uh, sort of journey, if I can. Um, and so, but that's how it stands so far. Anyway, so there you go. Three major reasons. Of course, I mean, I do have a life in China as well. I've been stuck there for the last four years. It's hard to believe that it's been five years since I've been back to Canada, uh, and that, you know, being forced to make a home of it of some way, you sort of do realize uh, what documents are important to you, um, which electronics and photos are important to you, and then also with the availability of the internet and social media, it's a lot easier to keep in touch with people too. So uh, even coming back here, um, it wasn't so like alienating, and I, I wouldn't say there's very much of a reverse culture shock, but there was, I was only here for three weeks, four weeks basically, um, and uh, with that, I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot gentler in that way. Going back to China, we'll see if maybe it'll be double reverse culture shock. <laughs> Good question. Do I still get nerves while traveling? Yes. I don't know about you guys, but honestly, it comes down to uh, there's two major things. Number one, what could go wrong, I guess. And within that, what could go wrong? It's like, will I forget something like my keys to my Beijing apartment? That would be a big one, right? Although I do have spares um, in Beijing. Uh, that's sort of I have to require. I, I rely on other people to be available when I arrive sort of thing. So 
uh, certainly not something you want to happen when you are coming home and you have to go poop after a very long journey, right? <laughs> Terrible time, go in the bushes maybe. Um, the other thing with uh, getting nerves is kind of like, did I remember everything? Did I do everything? And what one? what's one more thing I could do? So uh, I was kind of a little bit messed up this time, not so organized in terms of, uh, um, well, getting everything done that I needed to do quickly. I was very productive with the, like the first week I was sort of seeing a lot of people. The second week I was able to do a lot of like the banking work and stuff that had been lying around. Uh, so that was very productive. But then I didn't realize, I mentioned this before, you know, in terms of uh, cleaning and uh, around the house, like doing laundry and stuff like that. Um, living in a house is a lot different than a one, like a, a single floor apartment. Like <laughs> There's no floors. And like my washing machine is right by the shower and stuff like that. So it's very easy to do all this stuff right away but in my mom's house I mean these things are spread up spread out over floors and floors of space which uh, I mean I was climbing 17 18 flights of stairs per day which is great for your your exercise uh, but uh, it, it sort of took its toll on like oh my goodness why do I feel so tired <laughs> because you've been climbing stairs all day didn't bring too much back with me. I did bring some books, uh, and I did buy an uh, edition of the Winnipeg Free Press and the Global Mail, uh, which I have, probably won't read the whole thing, so if you want it, give me a shout-out, and I'll deliver it to you guys. You can have a, a newspaper from my hometown. Um, I am thinking about how to downsize. One of the things that's uh, with downsizing, uh, the reason why I didn't get rid of very much stuff is because I was actually kind of surprised at how uh, organized a lot of that stuff was. And as a result, I'm like, well, if it doesn't really need to be sorted through uh, you know, as as closely, then I can sort of wait a little bit, uh, a little bit longer. Not only that, it's not like my mom's going to move anytime soon, maybe, hopefully. Uh, so that gives me a little bit more of a buffer time. And now that the borders are open, it's a little bit uh, easier to you know go back and forth. It's just a matter of time and money, which um, often seem to be in short supply, right? Did I get rid of anything? I did. So I did get rid of a bass guitar uh, that's been sitting up in the room for like 25 years, um, roughly. Well, maybe 20 years at least. Uh, the other thing that I got rid of was a bunch of suits. So I was modeling these. I did a Facebook Live presentation. You know how I was telling uh, you guys last week about how um, I, I like to have a good story, a good send-off to something, a little bit of a ceremony for something, not just um, give them away or throw them out and stuff like that. I think they will go to Sally Ann, which is the uh, sort of the local, not the garbage collector, but used goods collection agency, and they resell the stuff at a profit and give the, uh, uh, or not for a profit, but they, they take all the profits and they donate it to uh, various charities and stuff like that. So they are a charitable organization. My mom loves giving them stuff. Um, so it's not, yeah, Sally Ann or Salvation Army, etc. So things like that. Now, whether or not uh, someone else wants those suits, uh, I put them up for grabs. I mean, go ahead just have to somehow arrange delivery or something or you can pick them up. Uh, I'm not sure if they're still there to tell you the truth. Uh, one of my nieces was actually looking at them. They're nice suits. I mean, one's a double-breasted suit, one's a single-breasted suit. Um, the the leg room wasn't so great, so uh, I was like, okay, a little bit form-fitting at this point, and I don't really want that. Uh, as a result, willing to get rid of those. They, they've served their purpose. They've been sitting in that apartment, in that uh, house for five, six, seven, eight years since the last time I wore them sort of thing. I'm not too concerned whether or not I, uh, it's not just the gut, I mean, it's the, the legs are a lot thicker than they used to be, um, the chest is a little bit bigger as well, the, the the jackets fit, it was the pants that were sort of an issue, so I guess I could have swapped those out, the vests, a bit of a struggle, would have to uh, 
certainly dropped down to that uh, closer to the six pack that I was talking about last year uh, than I am now. Uh, but all that being said, you know, you know, it's easier in this circumstance. I mean, sure, you could cut down the amount of food you eat, but uh, just be easy to get new suits, or better yet, get rid of them. Don't buy any new suits. Why do I need a suit for? I don't. I don't wear a suit for my work. Or a polo shirt, basically. So, <laughs> not imperative. And you know, they they were tailored for me back in uh, in way back when 2010 in Vietnam. They've they've done 13 years of service. Off to the next owner, I guess. Right. Newsletter's in the works, so I have been working on that. I was typing that up on the uh, the flight from Vancouver to Winnipeg today. I'll get that out hopefully before I fly out to um, Seoul. If not, then um, I will have to send it later on Tuesday evening, I guess, because that's when I'm going to be actually in Beijing and have time to uh, connect with the Wi-Fi once again. Uh, catching up on my language vlog on YouTube, I have been posting quite a few videos lately. Um, the ability to travel and sort of re-immerse myself in the English language with all the formulaic chunks and idiomatic uh, expressions that we have uh, the ones that we don't teach the ones that you know we use so often I can the ones that you can't draw to mind uh, very quickly you have to sort of think you have to catch it when it's done uh, there were a lot of people oh what was the one I heard that uh, some faster than a month of Mays something like a, a, a month of Sundays yes so it's gonna happen faster than a month of Sundays happens more often than a month of Sundays. Something like, oh, I forget it, or I should have written down, basically saying that Sundays is a day off, and if you have a month of Sundays, then it's not going to happen at all, right? And uh, I thought that was kind of neat. I'd never heard that one before. There's another one that uh, the guy said, and I can't uh, uh, recall it just yet. I'll, I'll have to think about this one. Podcast episodes in the works. I do have a couple people who are lined up and ready to go. Once I get settled back in Beijing, I'll be able to uh, re-establish uh, that sort of process, that production process, and then I got a few more things sort of sorted, especially with the social media channels and stuff like that, um, which this vacation, this trip sort of um, allowed me to do in a timely manner, finally, just to sit down and sort of figure it out how the, like the best sort of workful, workflow possible. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to record it this week. We'll see how the jet lag's going, because if I'm going to be passing out at 7.30, like that narcoleptic sort of jet lag head go... 7.30 head falls down to the ground sort of thing, then I'm not sure if uh, scheduling a podcast episode is the smartest thing. Now, next week I should be back at it, uh, and so I do want to record, a, the goal was to record another 35 episodes this year. I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see. I mean, this podcast and also with the uh, language vlog and stuff like that, and learning Chinese and possibly keeping up with the Ukrainian or the other East Slavic language, uh, and then my other language challenge, we'll see. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot going on, especially for the next four months. September, October, August, right. You can't forget August. Just because you're basically committed to being Beijing, you can't forget, you can't neglect to count August. August, September, October, November, December. That's five months away to the end of the year and possibly the next return to Canada, which, uh, I mean, again, I was sitting outside on the deck last night going, you know, and next time I'm here, this place is going to be minus 20 and covered in snow. <sighs> Winnipeg has two seasons for me, summer and snow. <laughs> Summer and winter, basically. Uh, but so, uh, with the podcast episodes, hopefully we'll uh, get those um, arranged. If it's not, yeah, if I can do a, two or three of them, I don't even know how I can do another 35 by the end of this year. That'd be very difficult. It'd be very, that'd be a challenge, wouldn't it? I'm not sure if I want to accept that challenge. Already as it is, uh, I see uh, some people are signing up for the Delta Module 3. This is part of the uh, ESL certificates that I was uh, trying to do last year. 
ended up failing module one, uh, but module three does start in September. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to have the time. I don't know if I have the commitment to do it just yet. I might have to uh, rethink about my timeline on uh, acquiring the Delta Cert Delta Diploma if I do, in fact, actually uh, finish that at some point. How will I take back to being back in Beijing? Well, you know what? We're going to deal with that when that happens because uh, I am getting kind of hungry right now. It's uh, almost 8 o'clock in the morning here in Vancouver, which is uh, 10 o'clock in Winnipeg, right? And what? 8 p.m. Yeah, no, it's even later than that. I don't even know what time. 11 p.m. Beijing time, I guess it is. Something like that. Anyway, uh, but uh, I'm going to go grab some Timmy's. I'm going to see if I can bring some Timbits back because uh, I, I need to show people what Timbits actually taste like in Canada. Because uh, if you if you, if you've never actually had a Timbit before, you're, then the, the Chinese Timbits seem normal, and they're not. They're abnormal. They're not what they're they're wrong. <laughs> to, to put it put it bluntly, I mean the wrong Timbits. They're they're you can't even see they're they're Timbits with Chinese characteristics. They're just they're not. They're not the cake Timbits that you get here in Canada. So if I can bring some back, uh, I definitely will. And I also try not to uh, buy too many newspapers because, honestly, I still haven't finished the ones that I bought in Hong Kong, however many months ago that was. Okay, folks, I'm going to leave, uh, leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stephenstrixie.com. Uh, have safe travels if you're traveling. Eat your, eat your broccoli. Get your runs in and make sure you're staying healthy and not drinking too much. Although, I'll tell you... With this trip, strength and mobility, for sure. But uh, honestly, making it to old age is a bit of a crapshoot. <laughs> stay healthy, stay well, and we'll do this again. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.